This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the January 31st edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to talk some Wednesday news to get you ready for a somewhat light Wednesday, and then we'll be doing a little bit of Tuesday recap, a heavy Tuesday. Uh, we'll be to do so on the recap, or the preview part, excuse me. Ryan Canas, what's up, man? How's it going, Mike? It's, uh, this is, I feel like I say every week, oh, it's a fun time to be playing fantasy, but um, this is one of those exciting parts of the season. you got the trade deadline coming up, uh, fantasy owners gearing up for playoffs. It's, you know, a lot of, lot of variables right now. Yeah, it's uh, waiver wires on fire right now. Uh, yeah, like like I said, the past three podcasts, you are if you have a max move limit, careful because <laughs> you're gonna probably use them uh, in the next week or so. There's already been like five or six red hot pickups, no matter yep. how deep you are. If you uh, somehow go through the next week without using your pickups, like <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I pretty much yeah. You're like what I was saying earlier. It's tough to stream right now unless you really need it. Because those streaming moves, if you're limited, they are that just. I hate three and under per week. Yeah, we're in a league um, with just two moves per week. No, no IR spot, and it's just brutal. (laughs) Yeah, there's so many players I just want to pick up. I want to stream, but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a different different style league. That's one of the fun things about fantasy. It's you have to adjust your strategy based on on the you know settings in your league. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk about the big news of the day. That is no Kyrie Irving. Um, kind of a stunner. We didn't really see this one coming too much. I mean, yeah, he was a little dinged up, but uh, he's out with a right quad contusion. He had that shoulder thing before. We know Kyrie's kind of injury prone. He hasn't been so much lately. So I guess talking big picture first before we talk specifics for the game, how are you feeling about Kyrie's fantasy value with the Celtics kind of uh, you know, they're not too comfortable with the Raptors playing well. So how do you think this affects Kyrie's value long-term? Uh, honestly, not too worried. I mean, bruised quad, we've seen players frequently miss a game or two. Um, you know, someone like Manu missed like six games, but obviously totally different situation. So it depends on the severity of it, but I, I don't, it doesn't seem that serious. Um, and as you mentioned, he's been, Kyrie has been a little bit dinged up lately. So hopefully the Boston's just using this opportunity to give him some rest, you know, let all those little nagging injuries kind of go away. And in terms of season long, you know, rest of season value, I'm, I'm not worried about him, frankly. Yeah, I'm not really either. Um, the Celtics do play a lot of games. They have two more games played than the Raptors. Uh, and again, it's only one game cushion right now, so that's actually fantastic news for him yeah. um, with the Raptors playing well and the Celtics kind of not. Um, it's kind of crazy the Cavs are sixth back. Um, you wouldn't, wouldn't have thought that. Um, if, you yeah. would, if you would have told me that the Celtics are struggling a little bit, you would think that the Cavs would have caught up. But nope, it's a little bit worse in Cleveland, which we'll talk about. Um, yeah, Tommy and I are going to tackle that. But okay, so for tonight, 
Uh, also, Larkin's dinged up with this sore knee thing. So if he's out, man, uh, and also Marcus Smart's out, like yeah, holy smart. scary Terry. Uh, how many minutes is he gonna play? I don't know. Hopefully, thirty-five <laughs> plus. I've got him. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned streaming. I've got Rogier in a lot of lineups tonight. So hopefully, he comes through. Um, obviously, Jalen Brown's gonna play a lot. Um, yeah, it's gonna be you know thin ice for the Celtics. Uh, what else? Backward. What else do you think they would even do? Because they're not going to bring back. Uh, I mean, I guess they would probably go Nader or. Yeah, I was going to say Nader's probably going to get in the rotation. Yeah. Um, and Larkin hasn't been ruled out. We're not right. going to see Kyrie. We're not going to see Smart. But it, it, you know, it's possible Larkin plays, and that would be a, a big boost. But yeah, I guess it's going to be a lot of Rozier, a lot of Brown, Abdel Nader probably yeah. getting some some shooting guard minutes, and I don't know. Do they? Who else could they dust off? I, Alan, I don't really know. Allen, I guess. Yeah, Kadeem could, could get a couple minutes. Yeah, so he may be. That's probably. I, I think that's probably who they'd play. Yeah, for fantasy though, Terry Rozier obviously. Yeah, the big... yeah, he's like so chalky for DFS today, as he should be, uh, and which should be a great matchup. <sighs> um, once so, anything else on this Boston? I think T- Tatum and pretty much everyone benefits. Yeah, the usage. I mean, obviously, ball's not in Kyrie's hands. It's it's going to filter down to guys like Horford and even Marcus Morris, Tatum. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think Jalen Brown's probably the most interesting. I feel like he can have a big game. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah, Jalen I'm into, especially in points leagues. Uh, he's a little bit hit or miss in Roto, but for points leagues... Yeah, this kind of insulates his value, so yeah. very uh, So I guess kind of the most recent news is Jabari Parker. He's going to return, but they're going to put him at 15 minutes. So we're kind of guessing here. Uh, again, he is not your run-of-the-mill ACL tear, like maybe like you say, Zach Levine. He, this is his second tear to the same ACL. So he is going to have quite the restriction on his hands, mm-hmm. on his legs, I guess. Like, and we talk. This is a topic many times we've discussed. So, like, when do you think he's going to be top one twenty? Even like, if you're talking about like, okay, I feel comfortable that Jabari is going to be top one hundred, top one twenty going forward. Like, how long do we feel that way? Ever this season? I'm I'm frankly off him. Yeah. Repeatedly, people have asked me about him as a pickup, a stash throughout the season, and I keep saying I'm just not into it. I don't I don't see it. You know, you mentioned. Levine, and he's an interesting case because you don't usually see guys return from such a long layoff, such a serious lower body injury, and look good. Like Levine looks good, but you know, look at D'Angelo Russell. He's just flat out struggling, and he didn't even, you know, have as serious a, a surgery as Jabari Parker. Two ACL tears in three years. Um, I just don't see it. The Bucks, you know, they've got a, a healthy Giannis, uh, Eric Bledsoe there now. Middleton's healthy. So the minutes and the usage that we saw last year from Jabari, not going to happen. So I just they're going to take it easy on him. Um, he's got a qualifying offer for next year, so they really don't have a ton of incentive to kind of rush him rush him back. Um, yeah, there's a lot working against him and not a lot working for him here, so I don't, I don't like him. And there's even talk of him being traded uh, if the Bucks want to be more aggressive in the playoffs. Yeah. And it's legitimate. I mean, the guy's got serious injury concerns. Yeah. Would you would you pick him up as a, 
you know, just on spec. Mm, I'd rather I'd rather own Boban easily. I'd rather own Bullock easy. I'd rather own Mergier kind of easy. I guess I, I I I'm with you. Like yeah. I'm not. I'm patient. I'm not that patient. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't really see his upside to be honest. Like this is a guy that when he was even when he was sniffing like top fifty value, crazy volume. You know, yes. and this was when Middleton was out and all this stuff. Exactly. Like, there's yep. it, your, the volume's not going to be there, and he's not a kind of guy that puts up defensive stats and all that. So, I, I just don't see it. Yeah. So maybe I, if I have him, I would probably try to trade him. I'd be like, oh, Jabari's coming back. You know, look how great he is. So I'm like ten dunks or something. Yeah, a lot of people seem to really like him. So maybe you and I are too cynical, but um, I think I think his name brand is yeah. at the moment at least a little better than his actual fantasy outlook. Maybe you'd rather own Jabari Bird. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, okay, so the this is kind of the hot topic too for trade rumors. The the big name and justifiably so is Tyreek Evans. So we've heard him reportedly linked to the Celtics from Memphis. Uh, Ronald Tillery, who covers that team quite thoroughly, um, was saying that. Don't be surprised. It wasn't like quote unquote an official report. He didn't have the to the Sixers, told. right? And then oh no, that's the one today from Mark Stein, who's obviously one of the most legit reporters out there. Uh, to the Sixers, and then also I think, like I was saying on the pod yesterday, the Wizards make so much sense. Gotcha. Uh, so that's not a report. We haven't really heard anything, but just from a, a logical sen- uh, standpoint. But Tyreek to the Sixers, that's if you have Tyreek, you do not want that at all. Do you want him no. going to the Wizards or somebody else? or You don't want him going to Boston either. Like Pretty much Tyreek's gone. Um, so I've talked about this a lot, so I'll hand it to you. Uh, how do you feel about Tyreek's fantasy value? Uh, clear sell high, but how? Yeah, you know? obviously sell high. I mean, he's in. You couldn't create a more ideal situation for his fantasy value than this year. Um, eminently tradable contract. I mean, he's making three point three million this year, unrestricted free agent this summer. So yes, teams might be a little bit loath to give up a ton for him because they don't know if they can retain him um but for a potential contender or a team looking to kind of get over the hump and uh fight for playoff position he makes a lot of sense um i'm with you i think i think the wizards would obviously be an ideal spot uh i think in philly what is it it seems like he would slot into the sixth man role probably yeah like what are they gonna would they bump reddick or covington to the bench i don't think so no he'd definitely be on the bench yeah, so you're looking at a, at a six-man role there, most likely. Um, I think just anywhere he goes, he's going to gonna take a dip, especially because the types of teams trading for him are going to be, like I said, contenders. They're going to be teams in the mix. So he's not just going to get carte blanche offensively. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of, lot of concerns there. If I, if I own Tariq, I'm either tr- trying to trade him for, I mean, I, I'd probably take top 75 value. Oubre? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe with we were, we were, Jonas and I were talking about Ubre. Is like I feel like he doesn't get enough credit, and Tommy and I are going to talk about him in the next segment. But I would. Uh, it's kind of a bold thing to do, but cause he's got to be gone, man. Like the, yeah. for the Grizzlies, who they are, they have absolutely zero incentive to keep him on the roster. So whether it's right at the deadline with ten seconds left, okay, here you go, bam, that like it's he's gonna be gone. Yeah. It's just a matter and, of it's, it's tomorrow or if it's the 8th. Yeah, and for as good as Tyreek's been, I'm still, as a long-term fantasy owner, worried about his health. He's yeah. he's not a, not a durable player, and he's played a lot of minutes this year, and he's heading into the second half of the season. So 
that's just another background concern that that kind of you know makes me leery of him yeah i'll never own tyreek evans and i think you're in the same boat with me <laughs> from based I, on what i've been saying I think yeah take i'll take it on the chin this year for sure um okay so what about sixers side if he goes there i i mean tj mcconnell would be a, a mega dip um jj slightly because i think tyreek could close covington maybe just a little bit but covington's pretty much just dependent on making shots anyways um bayless would pretty much fall out um so. Yeah, and he might be heading somewhere anyway. Yeah. Um, plus, this is a this is a preliminary report. You know, the Sixers have expressed interest. We're going to hear dozens and dozens of those types of reports in the next week. So, um, I'm not going overboard reacting to this, but yeah, I'm, I think you pretty much hit it. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, Bayless would take a hit. McConnell's kind of dead in the water. Yep. And then also. Other news today, um, something Blake's going to... Well, let me ask you real quick. Um, I kind of want to get... I, Jonas and I went so deep on the Blake news. Do you have any like quick... I'll give you the, the nuts and bolts. Um, I was like, Bullock's a, Bullock and Boban are the two red-hot pickups. Um, Lou Williams is a massive loser in this one because he's probably going to get traded. DJ should be fine. And uh, that was kind of... Um, and we'll talk about Stanley Johnson with Tommy in a second. But um, how how do you feel? Like Kennard's not a great pickup, but Bullock again is. So like, what what are your thoughts on this from pickups and value changing? I said Drummond's also going to be a loser. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Uh, it, had you not mentioned Drummond, I was going to bring him up. I don't <laughs> see the ball's been in his hands a lot, and he's actually been kind of playmaking from the high elbow, and I don't think that's going to be the case with Blake in town. Um, Favorite stat Blake- before you move on. Uh, 59% of his assists this season have gone to Tobias or Avery Bradley. Ah, wow. So, yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. And he, listen, even if they're a terrific pairing, Blake and Drummond, as it, as it turns out, it always, you know, it takes a while. He, he's not just going to hit the ground and they're going to have instant chemistry. So there's always that. Anytime a guy gets traded, you can look at, you know, what his role might be and so forth. But there's an inherent variable that we just don't know, which is how quickly will he fit this system? How quickly will the coaches change their playbook to accommodate this player's strengths and weaknesses? Um, just so many unknowns, and I I hate that, because sometimes it, it, it all hits right and everything's golden, and then sometimes, you know, it just takes a while. So a uh, little bit leery. I think Blake's going to be fine. You know, he's a good, versatile player. Um Obviously, the minutes and touches are going to be there, so I'm not too worried about him. Um, Stanley Johnson's interesting. You're going to talk about it with Tommy, so I don't want to get too far into that. Well, no, but... go ahead, because I want to get your take on him, too, because he was stunningly good yesterday. Yeah, I'm not buying that. Um, he's had a couple good offensive games lately, but those seem fluky. I mean, maybe I, I only watched one of them, and he looked good. You know, he looked improved from what i'd seen in previous years but i just need a larger sample size um so i'm not i'm not buying that and i can't see a trade really helping its value so um it's interesting to me that the pistons reportedly are looking to trade him for rodney hood which even if that doesn't come to fruition it's basically a defense for offense thing so (laughs) it's almost like they're just they're just saying you know forget it we're gonna we're gonna try to outscore our opponents at this point yeah, even like Van Gundy was saying in his interview yesterday, he's kind of kind of hinky way of thinking it. You know, like we want to think different, Apple style, where you know people are winning with guards these days, so we'll try to win with bigs. 
Um, versatile bigs though too, especially Drummond now that he's a decent passer. It's going to be really yeah. interesting to see how they fit. And I mean that makes sense. Like you're not going to win, you're not going to beat Golden State by out shooting them. Um, that's what the Rockets are trying to do, and it may have a chance to work. But James Harden's really good. <laughs> so uh, as is Chris Paul. Double. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Do what? It, like there's really nothing to say. Like Harden's insane. That probably gets him back in the MVP lead. Not that if you had him. Yeah, that's that, crazy. That was kind of that. That that was just crazy. Surprisingly close game though, especially with Gordon out. <sighs> okay. Um. Anything else that struck you? Oh, let's talk Miritich. Again, wild news yesterday with him reportedly going to New Orleans and then got uh, reverse Woj bombed. Uh, <laughs> the bomb diffuser. He's like, uh, what's it? Blown away. That movie with uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones and someone where they play with the bomb. And he's like, I don't know. I think that's what it is. Oh, I vaguely remember watching that on yes. VHS. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that was that was Woj yesterday. He was he had the whole suit and everything, big green suit. And... He was in the 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 Hurt Locker yesterday. <laughs> yes. So um. You want him, like I was saying yesterday, you want him going to New Orleans bad if you have Miritich. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. That's jackpot. Like, we don't usually see jackpot. That's, like, that's like hit the perfect spot for him. Of yeah, I've been, I feel like I've been very negative about players in this podcast, so I will <laughs> I will positive and say that, yes, if Miritich goes to New Orleans, that's perfect. Um, because generally, I don't, I don't love him being traded. I think, I think it's going to be hard for him to find a better situation. Um, but who knows? And yeah, New Orleans would be one of those spots. Yeah, well, like, like we've been saying, generally, when you get traded from a bad team, you're going to a good team with more skilled players that soak up more right. usage. So consequently, you're going to lose shots, which is yeah. kind of just the cookie-cutter way we address trades. But there's just and such what, a gaping hole with this power forward spot. He slides right in there, and really, yeah. there won't be that much usage, but he can he could take seven, eight threes a game. Yeah, and kind of like... Um, just seems like an, another guy who's inevitably going to be traded. So with that in mind, Bobby Portis should be owned. I'm, mm. I'm picking him up left and right. Um, yeah, I don't know. How do, you feel, how do you feel about Portis? Yeah, we were saying that yesterday. He's in that class, that Boban Bullock tier. Like, I think those three guys are the guys that need to be owned everywhere. Yeah. Um, leading up to the deadline. Because if DJ's gone, then you know you're going to get 20 minutes out of Boban, and that's all you need. Yeah. So maybe he gets 24, maybe he gets 25, but that's just icing on the cake, really. Like just 18 minutes and Boban's going to be top 100. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Like I was saying yesterday, I'm going to make I'm going to make some t-shirts. I may I may try to sell them like nonprofit style just to get the for the for the brand. But uh, I'm so excited for a free Boban. And oh, Jared Allen's free too. Tommy and I are going to talk about that. But what do you think about that's Jared right. Allen? I mean, looking good. They what Zeller had a DMP CD last night. Yeah, um, Okafor you got revenge tonight. Yeah, so even if Allen is splitting minutes with Jalil, I yeah, I like him a lot. I think probably he's been picked up and cut multiple times in your league, and I think this is the time when he's going to get picked up and kept. Yeah, um, he's he's in that upper tier. Yeah, for, just for just everything's projecting well for him as a young guy on a team that's developing youth. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll talk more detail with Tommy in a sec. Actually, we'll switch it right here. So, gonna hop on with Tommy. Um, thanks for coming on, Ryan. You got it, Mike. Okay, so as promised, we are getting ready to break down some Tuesday. Busy, busy Tuesday. One of the busiest Tuesdays of the year. Uh, with me to do so is Tommy Beer. What's up, man? What's up, buddy? 
Not much, man. We uh, talked a lot about some news with Ryan earlier, and um, yeah, we're, we're going to do a lot of recaps, so uh, let's just get down to it. Really, we finally got to see what, for the second game in a row, what the Wizards are going to do, and nothing really surprising. We saw Tim Frazier kind of go off in the first game with 14 dimes. Eight of those were in garbage time, so I thought this is a better representation of how they're going to shake out the minutes. Sadoransky didn't really score he had four points, um, but he filled it up everywhere else. Five boards, six assists, two steals, one block. So sticking with just the point guards, how do we feel about the situation? And then also, too, don't forget, and I said this yesterday, the Wizards may be trading for someone. So how do you feel about them, like his pickups, yeah, DFS? Interesting. Hadn't thought about that. Um, yeah, you mentioned Sedaransky. As you mentioned, uh, even though we didn't have points, the kid, obviously the other thing you want to look at is minutes played. Um, 30.25 for Sedaransky um, versus just uh, under 15 for Frazier. So um, that's the most encouraging, you know, if, if you if you did in fact pick up Sedaransky, um, that's what you like to see. Um, the numbers and points and all the other stuff will come. Um, if he's playing twice as many minutes as Frazier, that's, that's definitely encouraging. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hadn't thought about the, the trading aspect. That certainly could be an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, little wrinkle. Um, you know, the I guess the you know the, the Wiz only have a couple games to kind of make a decision here. You know, with the with the trade deadline coming up, and they do have two capable point guards. I think it's Sadoransky for Frazier. So, um, but that would certainly change the dynamic if that happens. Yeah, well, Sadoransky's played well, so he he has a lot of pressure on him. If he can play well again, and he did play well, he had a big block on Westbrook yesterday. Westbrook blew right by him. He snuck right on his hip and swatted him. So as you mentioned, uh, if you're if you're very savvy with numbers, uh, you may have noticed that Tommy only gave 45 minutes for point for those point guards. So there's three minutes missing, right? Yes, right? sir. So this this was the I thought this was the biggest thing to me. So that three minute group was point guard Bradley Beal, shooting guard Kelly Oubre, small forward Otto Porter, Mike Scott, and Mark Keith Morris at the 4-5. That was in the fourth quarter. That really struck me as a lineup that was like, whoa. So I think, and Oubre was was okay. Um, you hate the no defense, but um, I, I still believe Oubre. I still think he's going to climb to 26, 27 minutes with this. But again, they're open to it. And I think the matchup was part of that because OKC so long. So, but yeah, Ubre. I still think Ubre is clearly going to go off. Um, I like him a lot. And then Gortat also was decent, and Markeith Morris has more usage going his way too. So he kind of uh, he's he gets a lot higher floor. We've seen him really fall apart because a Ubre could take his minutes, but now Ubre can play at the two or three. So good point. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Want to add anything there? Uh, no, I think you yeah. nailed it. Certain, and you know, obviously, you know, Beal. The upside of Beal is is, yeah. is ticking. But here, so. Yeah, we don't even need to talk about that. <laughs> so this is interesting. My boy, free Jared Allen. Uh, he got kind of roasted by KP early, but obviously they ran a lot of high screens with him. He made six field goals. He's on a nice little streak of scoring double digits. Um, like I was saying with Ryan, he's in that upper echelon of pickups with Boban Bullock and a couple others. Are you, are you on Team Jared Allen as well? I like him, and I like the fact that the Nets played hard. The Nets just were awful defensively. Um, very little effort, and Knicks kind of ran through them. And you could tell Atkinson was very upset 
Um, so I could see if he wants to, you know, focus more on defense, um, you would assume that Jared Allen will get a lot more playing time um, because we know what Jillia Okafor brings to the table on the defensive end. Um, you know, even though he did have 13 rebounds yesterday, um, you know, he's getting run through defensively, un- unsurprisingly. Revenge uh, game tonight. Yes, yeah. <laughs> He did. He did play 25 minutes uh, last night, so we'll, yeah. we'll see how that works out. But, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, mostly you know, vegan will be a factor if he can see if he can play 25 minutes again. True, true. And I think Ian Eagle had uh, a great stat that the Nets have been trailing by 25 points or more in three straight games. Wow. Uh, at some point, they didn't lose by 25 in those games, but uh, at some point, they basically rallied back. Uh, Interesting. So yeah, that was kind of a fun stat. But oh, they're playing terribly right now, man. Awful, awful. I was listening to uh, Clyde and Breen, so I didn't hear the Birdman. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and you know, Mozgov and Zeller didn't play at all, so um, it certainly is encouraging that there could be a, a little window here for, for Allen to sneak through. And like you said, they, they've been playing awful. I didn't know that 25 points, uh, you know, deficit in three straight games, that's kind of crazy. But um, they haven't been playing well lately, so we'll see if, um, if Atkinson wants to switch it up and, and maybe, uh, you know, shake the rotation a little bit. You mentioned... Uh... The New York broadcast versus the Brooklyn broadcast. Do you have a fa- do you have a favorite? Uh, yeah, in league wide or just those two? Even or? anybody. Yeah, like I feel like those, I think those both those are in the top five for me for sure. I th- I think so. I think so. I mean, I've been listening to Clyde and Breen, you know, since yeah. before I had even league pass, you know, so I'm probably a little bit spoiled, a little bit biased in that end. Um, but yeah, Iron Eagle's terrific. Um, guys out in Minnesota, Jim Peterson. They and, love and, those guys. Just terrific. I mean, it's it's it, it really is shocking once you, you you kind of mess around with league pass for a while. There's some you know some talented you know and, and dedicated play by play and color guys that you know bring uh, stats and information and research to a broadcast. And there's some guys that just are lost. Mail I mean, it in, yeah. Oh my goodness gracious! You know, it's just you know it's one thing not to believe in the statistics, but at least be aware of them. Yeah. And, you know. Um, yeah, you can tell they just do no research and just basic fundamental thing. They don't watch the rest of the league other than their own teams. Yeah. Don't read about the rest of the league. Um, I feel bad for team, you know, for, for folks in those market that don't have league pass that, and their only option is to listen to those guys because uh, it's a disservice, you know, some some of those some of those tandems. And that's a, I, I'm the biggest Iron Eagle fan in the world. All those little cheesy lines they kill me. So I, yeah. I, I, I listen to Nets broadcasts any chance. Um, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head with those guys. I think Dallas is low key good. Uh, yeah, I, the, the Lakers are also phenomenal. I think Lakers are top three. I love that broadcast. They always have great stats. Uh, Mike Trudell on the sidelines always bringing the bringing the great stuff. Big, he's a big fantasy player too, by the way. Yep. Um, and New or- New Orleans and uh, Portland, they they both have fantastic broadcasts. I like okay. the what the Blazers are doing this year. Okay, a little quick little tangent for a little league pass breakdown for guys who watch way too much basketball. <laughs> so, uh, any other takeaways from this? Oh, so what about the Knicks side of things? Uh, Trey Burke's apparently the best player in Knicks history, according <laughs> <laughs> to some people. But uh, no, no lie, no lie. I was tweeting. I don't even know what it was about. I think it was. Um, got off on a. I think maybe I was tweeting with Ian Bagley or something. I forget what it was. It was just about kind of the next future and who they could go after, and it was kind of a, a thread that was you know a few people back and forth. And I had one guy that tweeted. Oh, it was about Frank. It was about and maybe a point guard in the future. And one guy said we don't need it to trade for a point guard because we have Trey Burke. You know, I'm dead serious. You know, like 
And then somebody called him out. Like, somebody, because somebody said, "Ha ha, you know, it's a good one." He goes, "No, like, why? You don't believe in him? He's a number nine overall pick, you know." So just a, a funny little a tangent, as you said, as the, as the fans on Twitter are the best because they, um, you know, God bless them, are, are so hopeful after just a few games. Didn't someone uh, say on uh, someone report that because Perry was with the Magic when Burke got drafted, and they were saying like, oh, if Oladipo didn't fall to him at two. They would have taken Burke there over like Giannis and all these other dudes. Is that, Bur- is, Berman is that right? wrote that. I think. I think. Yeah. It was. It was. It, it was. The, it would have been between um, Burke and I forget who the other guy was. Somebody else was picked in the lottery. But yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I found them. So yeah. So clearly, Burke's the point guard of the future. But yeah. um, one thing. One thing with Burke, and as we enter back into the land of reality, um, uh, Neil Akina did play off the ball with Burke as the point guard um, for about a six-minute stretch in the first half. Um, last night, which I found interesting. Um, With you know, Hardaway Jr. playing, too. I thought that was noteworthy, too. True, true. They had Hardaway Jr. at the wing. Um, uh, so, yeah, that was that, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, it was good to see Frankie get 26 minutes last night, um, eight, eight points, five, five assists. I'd love to see him be more aggressive. And I thought playing with the two guard, it might give him an excuse um, to kind of, you know, kind of let loose and let fly a little bit. Um, and he knocked down a three-pointer from the corner off a pass from Burke. But, um, you know, it's still just in his nature, I think, um, you know, to, to kind of be unselfish to a fault. Um, if I was Hornacek, I think that's something I, I try to shake out him a little bit, especially over this last few months. Um, you don't want to, you know, put bad habits into him, but it's a good kid. It's never going to get out of hand. But I'd want to see him um, a little bit angry, a little bit more aggressive, and a little bit more selfish um, you know, going forward over these last uh, couple months here. Yeah, I won't add anything there. Uh, other takeaway I thought that was interesting. This is really the first time we've seen Beasley get big minutes uh, when both Hardaway Jr. and KP are there. Uh, garbage time effect on that one? Um, a little bit. A little bit. Um, but it was weird because the Knicks were up 20. Then they were, you know, then it was only a nine-point game. So it never mm-hmm. really got too, too much garbage time. It probably wasn't the, you know, the Hornacek – uh, the, the rotation Hornacek would have used that had been a four-point game throughout. Um, but you know, Beasley continues to produce uh, on a permanent basis. Even defensively, plays with a little more effort, um, a little bit more intensity than I think a lot of uh, Nick fans suspected he would coming into the season. Um, dove into the crowd at one point last night. I had 13 boards last night. Um, so, um, you know, I think Beasley's floor is a little bit higher. Um, I think obviously we were all concerned when Hardaway came back, but um, Hardaway has been kind of disappointing and his minutes haven't been great, so that may be a part of it as well. Yeah, all right, so we'll move on. So we had some people ask about uh, Carl Anthony Towns, which is true. His usage rate's down. He's not. He's had like one big game against Golden State, so that kind of throws off his numbers over his last seven, but his last seven are down. He only has 20.7 usage rate compared to a 22.3 on the season. Again, that, if you take that big game out, I don't have this. It's going to be in the teens for sure. Um, so I was trying to figure out why, and a couple things jump out. Um, one, he's not shooting jumpers anymore. Like his mid-range game's just gone right now over this cold seven-game spell. And then one other thing, obviously Jimmy Butler um, missed some of those games, but the games in which he did play, he's not passing the cat anymore. Uh, so on the season, he's passing. He was passing to him ten times per game, uh, and then recently uh, in this cold spell with Butler out for a few of them, it's cut down to four and a half. So you're talking about a serious dip there. Um, Teague's passing about the same. Um, Taj's passing's down by a lot too. So yeah, they're not passing to him as much, man. Like for whatever reason. Uh, as we know, Towns played 82 games last year. In 81 of those games, he had at least 10 field goal attempts. In five of the Wolves' last seven games, he's had fewer nine or fewer field goal attempts. Yeah, this um, is so odd. 
it's just a weird I don't know if it's a, a statistical anomaly or um, you know something that you know Tibbs is is intentionally trying to I, I, maybe I don't know I mean you know his minutes aren't down you know significantly um, but yeah you know dating back to the last seven games since January 20th um, he's averaged just 11.1 field goal attempts per contest um, it's the same amount as Taj Gibson only fractionally higher than Jeff Teague even Jamal Crawford has 10.4 field goal attempts per game over that seven game span um, and it's not like it's because Towns is struggling offensively um, his effective field goal percentage 59.1 just outside the top 10 this season um, his true shooting percentage 63.6 eighth best in the league um, and those numbers it's even higher over the last seven games um, so it's a uh, really weird um, yeah and as you mentioned just a 20.3 uh, usage rate over over that seven game stretch so um, I, I, ha- I I'd like to believe that it's just kind of a, a kind of blip in the radar um, and things will get back on track going forward shortly um, but certainly something to keep an eye on an odd uh, an odd little jump here the other huge this is a bigger split than what I already said first half second half splits are crazy so first half 15.6. Second half, 24.4. So he's a 24.4 guy. So basically he's had six, seven quiet halves here. Um, so I'm not worried at all, man. Agreed. Like if you can try to get him doing everything. The other thing that's gone bad is um, Jeff Teague. Uh, is he kind of on the uh, hot seat a little bit or what? A little bit. A little bit. He has not played well. Certainly not up to expectations out many. Yeah. Um, I ha- like Jonas and I talked about this yesterday. Like, um, panic time or would you buy low? Like how, like, I, Ooh, good, good question. Um, as always, it's always, you know, uh, the relative value. If somebody's, you know, um, really, you know, wanting to give them away, um, and you need assists, you know, that, that that's something I would consider. But at the same time, if you're good in assists and, and some other categories, you don't need a guard, you want to trade for a big man. Um, I certainly wouldn't be afraid to put him out of the market. I would be hesitant to buy on him. Um, unless it's at an extreme discount, yeah, I'd be yeah. more comfortable selling um, of those two options. Yeah, like if I'm, I trade like scraps for him, like two guys that have been just been like, I'm like not confident about playing them, you know. Like if I'm if they're gone, who cares, yes. you know? Yep. So yep. yeah, I'm down with that. So we're on the same page there. Um, one, a couple other things to add. So they've gone cold over the last five. Coincidence that uh, cats shots have gone down? Maybe what? So the last five, Jeff Teague has a minus 10.7 net rating in 152 minutes. Tyus Jones plus 2.4 while they're losing games, so noteworthy there. And also fourth quarter, they've completely unraveled. Um, their usual starters, small sample, but minus 13.2, while Tyus Jones has pretty much been better in, in a lot of the favorable lineups. And really their best fourth quarter lineup has been uh, Jones, Crawford, Butler, Gibson and Towns, so something to think about there with Wiggins. Wiggins kind of getting hot is also, I think, really screwed up the offensive flow, so we're not really too worried there. Um, we talked about enough about the... Uh, oh, Stanley Johnson. Um, Ryan and I talked briefly about this. I'm not buying this. He was terrible coming into this. He's not a scorer. He needs to make his money off steals, and that's it. Like That's the only thing you can say he's effective in doing. is picking up steals, maybe the occasional block, but 26, 10, 4 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 1 3, and 40 minutes. Like, woof, I'm not, I'm not buying this at all. Uh, 100% agree. Um, we're on the same page here. Um, the, the Pistons have plenty of wings, even with you know Bradley shipped out of the picture. Um, they want to get Luke Kennard more minutes. Um, 
you know, uh, they got Galloway, obviously, they're paying him a ton of money, um, and Bullock, of course. So, yeah, I'm just, I think there's a decent chance that in the rest, what are their 30 something games remaining the season, he may not score 26 points or grab 10 rebounds um, in any of those games. So, um, I'm not buying. And then I'm again, he's reportedly on the trade blocks. Maybe that explains yep. why they showcased them a little bit. Okay, so really, the big news yesterday was Kevin Love broke his hand. For the fourth time in his career. <laughs> so you, you got to hand it to him for that. Sorry. Um, fallout on this one. It looked like Jay Crowder and Channing Fryer are the two beneficiaries. Jeff Green was surprisingly low. I still kind of think Green's the guy. But he's not very, like for nine cats, he's not very good. But points leagues in DFS, I think we're going to see a couple big green games. But man, like how desperate are the Cavs right now, man? He just got worked by Detroit who didn't have half the roster and all this, you know? Ugh. It's a fascinating scenario, what's going on with Cleveland. You know, obviously, you would assume they're they're going to make a trade, you know, before February. But now, do they trade from a position of strength? That You know, what do they do? Do they have to plug a hole now with Kevin Love, or do they just make a trade? You know, they're going to get at the postseason and, and, and make a trade assuming and figuring the roster that, that incorporates Love and the guy they're trading for. Um, really interesting to, to try to figure out, you know, how that'll play itself out. Um, you know, I keep waiting for Jay Crowder to turn things around this season. Um, he's just not there, only 8-3 and three last night. Um, and, you know, Bradley's another guy that got traded. Um, if you look at the stats – for Jay Crowder this season versus last season, Avery Bradley this season versus last season. Um, and Isaiah Thomas, probably unfair to include him in that group. Mm-hmm. But the moral of the story may be do not trade for guys that Brad Stevens has reclamated and do not deal with Danny Ainge. That may be the moral of the story. Yeah, so moving on. Um, but so pickups, like, do you, do you feel like uh, Corver as well? Um, what do you think? Uh, yeah, there? specialist. Obviously, you know if you need threes, I, I take a look at Corver. Um, I think Channing Fry is probably low key, um, a guy that's very cheap, very available, and and could be a big beneficiary here because um, a lot of talk about the defense, and rightfully so. They have the, you know the worst defense in the league over the last you know month or so, yeah. um, but their offense is just uh, you know twenty fourth, twenty fifth in terms of offensive efficiency. Um, and without love on the floor, they need somebody else to knock down threes. Um, so I think Fry could be a guy that that definitely benefits here. 20 and 6 last night with four threes. Yeah, I'm not buying that though. Yeah. I'm pretty much avoiding this. Uh, yes, if, if all things considered, I'm not high on yeah. any of them. Yeah. Um, but if I was going to take a flyer on somebody um, in a deeper league, I, I wouldn't mind uh, rolling the dice on Fry. Yeah, and they have to, they have to, they're going to have, they're going to trade for somebody, like you said. Now it pretty much has to be a big man. Agreed. So, uh, okay, moving on. It's not too much to, we can learn from the Kings, I don't think. Costa Kufas went off, but they're really shorthanded. We think Kali Stein has a decent chance to play in the next one. But we know Kufas is probably going to sit at some point. So, um, and then Zebo also kind of went off. Um, surprising win for them, I guess. Um, but do you have any kind of thoughts on this one? Uh, just happy to see Fox plugging along 15, 6, and 4 in 27 minutes. I think that's... You know, he's just. I think he's kind of establishing a nice little floor. Um, so I still think that he's a buy low guy, in my opinion. Um, you know, once George Hill gets moved out of there, if George Hill gets moved out of there, he opens up more minutes. Frank Mason's coming back. It's something to consider, something to keep in mind. Um, but again, assuming Hill gets moved, I, I really like Fox's upside on the second half of the season for yeah. a guy that um, hasn't put up big numbers and is probably undervalued in a lot of leagues. Yeah. I know people are worried about Bogdan. Are you? 
Uh, a little bit just because of the uncertainty, you know, uh, I'm not uh, in terms of a skill set and talent. I don't think he's struggling a little bit from the floor and I don't, I don't think that'll, that'll, that'll continue. Um, I think when he plays, he'll play well, but I'm just not convinced he's going to get the 24, 26 minutes a night that he needs to get to be a reliable fantasy option. Yeah. It's going to be bumpy. Pretty much everyone except Fox will be bumpy here and there. A little bit. Uh, and then Kali Stein will probably even out once he gets back from this deep bone bruise. But after that. Like if you, if Hard you to trust yeah guys. if you get rattled in fantasy a lot just yeah. find something else <laughs> it's it's not going to be a smooth ride. Um, anything Pelican side like it's kind of with possibly Miritich thing going down or not like Darius Miller's kind of on thin ice but even if they don't it just shows that they're willing to deal that pick. Yeah. So Darius Miller, Darius Miller, like all these hot names we keep talking about, and if you're holding Miller, like don't cling too tight to him. Right, agreed. Yeah, I could. I wouldn't. They're they're looking to make a move, and certainly, uh, you certainly assume they will. Um, I thought it was interesting to try to showcase Ashik play twenty four minutes and take a shot last night. That's so awesome. <laughs> uh, and then Ian Clark was a little sneaky sneak. Twenty four. Yeah. Not not against uh, Portland. He owns Portland. He had like two big games against them when he was with the Warriors last year. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it there. Don't don't ever add Dante Cunningham, as we said. No. Um, James Harden's really good. That's my <laughs> thorough analysis for the Rockets. He played, he, he played last night. He did. He did. Oh, cool. Yeah. He had let a, me check. He, let me check the box score real quick. <laughs> right. Yeah. In case you haven't, if you've been under a rock, uh, rocket. What? Um, <laughs> first sixty point triple double ever. Like like Ryan and I were saying, he took the MVP lead last night. I thought Curry was really gaining ground on him. But, um, yep. yeah, he, he got a soul burst. Yep, and especially with LeBron. So, yeah, I think he's a, a comfortable lead right now. Yeah, so the other takeaway in this one, Eric Gordon, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe he had – so he's out with uh, sore lower back. It was, I think, 2015, 14, 13, 12, and 11, 20, 20 – all those years, he had some sort of back issue. <laughs> Yikes. So yeah, careful. Um, this I, I kind of feel like this could be the beginning of the end uh, of Eric Gordon having value. So like I would try to trade him personally. Yes, if somebody was willing to, so I, I think there's a, a decent chance that we get some. You know, if, if in the very least, you assume the Rockets are going to take it easy um, and, and kind of limit his minutes because obviously they got a, a playoff spot locked mm-hmm. up. There, there's no reason to, to rush him back or you know play him more minutes than extended. So this is something that they'll keep an eye on over the rest of the year, which doesn't bode well for his for his fantasy value going forward. I'd rather have Ubre over Gordon. I don't not even. Uh, uh, that's a hot take. Is it? I don't think it is. Not crazy, but okay. you know, just from just from the you know from the name value, right. but um, yeah, especially obviously. Um, and Woj just tweeted out: um, John Wall underwent left knee surgery today. He's expected back in six to eight weeks. So, um, kind of just confirming what we knew and expected. Um, but yeah, with uh, with Wall out of the picture, I think Ubre. Um, it's it, it, yeah, definitely. As it, I, I should say. Um, yesterday at five o'clock, that probably would have been a hot take. But now with the back injury, yeah. um, certainly a very reasonable, um, uh, if uh, if not a certainly not a reach. Benefit from this one, Gerald Green looks like the guy. I still know that Trevor Reese is out for a couple. Um, what, what do you think? Yeah, um, we saw what Green did when when uh, the beard was was sidelined for a little while. Um, he's certainly not bashful about putting up threes. Um, you know, not going to bring much else to the table. But um, if you need points and or threes, he's uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on. And I got to shout out someone. I just remembered uh, this guy Adam, uh, follower. I'm not sure if he listens to the pod, but he told me 
Uh, in the past week, he's lost Wall, Cousins, Collie Stein, Gordon, Ariza, and Love. <laughs> like, like, oh, and he was in first place, and that team's good. So, oh, oh that is brutal. Like, you're done, dude. If you just that, lost, if you just lost Wall, Cousins, and Love, holy that, shit, that's that's so that's bad. a tough. Yeah, that's, 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 if anyone could beat that, and he he screen he wasn't BS and he screenshotted it. Oh, he got the screenshot proof. Yeah, I'm going to tweet it out. I forgot to tweet it last night, but uh, yeah, dude. That's so rough. Oh, man. My, my, <laughs> my thoughts and prayers are with you, Adam. Yeah, right. Um, okay. Uh, Magic side, uh, we know Gordon may not play. Most Bates was very misleading. Um, I'm not playing most Bates in DFS today. Um, I was on a pod earlier talking DFS, and I didn't get a chance to say. I was kind of rattled. But um, careful on most Bates today, man. Like... They're gonna play Ken Birch more ten, um, tonight. So I'm gonna say. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't invest too heavily in the. In Simmons the looks good. Um, I think Azonia's sneaky tonight. Won't add anything there. I played him last night. Yeah, you know he got uh, you know, kind of what you expect. Got seventeen. You know, didn't have only three rebounds and two assists. But uh, you take the seventeen points and the. Yeah, yeah. a little underwhelming. His minutes should have yeah. been higher too. So Vogel went kind of more hot hand. A lot of DJ Augustine and Mac, and he went kind of smaller. Um, Denver, San Antonio, like, I don't really think there's much analysis needed there. We've seen Darrell Arthur play, but you're not going to use him. Trey Lyle, Trey Lyle's a little disappointing there, but he should be really big time. Uh, Tariq Craig's been pretty good. Uh, Barton back-to-back nights with missing at the last shot of the game. My boy, uh, Jamal Murray kind of pulled it back. Like, he had kind of a two-on-two situation with six seconds left or so, and he could have, I thought he could have got a good shot, and he pulled it back, but, um... Yeah, so, I don't know, anything you want to... And then also, Jokic has uh, been playing pretty well with women's deodorant, so... <laughs> um, yeah. What's what's it, what's his secret? Get it? No. Yeah, there you go. You are, you are, you are on an Iron Eagle kick today yes. right now. Are you inspired by the bourbon? I am, I am. Where I'm from? He's on, he's on again tonight. Get back-to-back birds. <laughs> Pump, man. Um, yeah, nothing crazy on the Nuggets. I, I think you covered it all. Um, Spurs yeah. side? First side, I wrote a little bit about uh, DeJounte Murray today. Um, zero points. Um, uh, but salvaged his fantasy night. Game high, 13 rebounds. Also dished out seven assists. Um, so, uh, yeah, just talked a little bit about how um, if you, uh, I think Murray is, is due for big things. Um, I like him as a, as a kind of a higher upside second half guy by low target right now. Um, I think he's played well. Spurs have won four of the last five. Um, and, uh, you know, Murray, uh, just can solid across the board. Um, he's not going to knock down. He's not going to take or make threes, um, which hurts his value a little bit in, in nine cat leagues, but also doesn't turn the ball over much. Um, you know, over eight, over eight rebounds per game as a starter, um, over six assists over, you know, double digit points. Um, he's a guy that's, uh, kind of going to be sneaky, solid, um, uh, won't, won't burst out, won't bust out for too many huge lines. Um, as we know with the Spurs, those are few and far between. But uh, on a night-in, night-out basis, um, 26, 28 minutes a night, um, I really like what he can bring to the table and, and, and a guy that uh, might be a little bit undervalued in a lot of leagues, but um, I'm kind of high on over the second half of the season. Yeah, so I totally agree. Um, not much else for the late games to talk about. We're kind of in limbo for waiting about the Clippers, what they're going to do. Again, check out the pod with Jonas or my column, too, for what's going to go on there. Um, only thing I'm going to say is, is Ricky Rubio doing the same thing as last year? He's played a little bit better. He was really good from pretty much mid-January on last year. 
So I feel like he's doing really well there. And then Rudy Gobert's defense has been just terrific lately. Um, since he's returned, despite playing just 30 minutes per game, he leads the NBA in contested two-point shots by a lot. By like two and a half shots, I think. So he's just everywhere on defense. And this is the Rudy Gobert we've seen. And the fantasy value's kind of been there too. He's kind of been the guy we thought we were going to get. So obviously Donovan Mitchell's great. And Favors is playing okay. Ingles has been playing a lot better since Hood went down. Um, I think we're, I'm a little bit down on Burks now. Um, be, reason being, Royce O'Neal's good. Uh, he's been playing really well, giving them minutes where they need it um, on the wings and stuff. So uh, I'm a little bit worried about Burks, even if Rodney Hood does get traded. I was a little bit more um, bullish on him, but now not so much because of O'Neal. Agreed. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously, Bur- you know what happens with Hood is is, is a significant issue, especially if he comes back and doesn't get traded. Really hurts, you know, Burks' value. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think he's gone though. Every every Utah reporter and then Mark Stein and Zach Lowe, they're all like, Yeah, he's probably getting traded. So no no doubt. And they are definitely trying to move him. I think we can all agree that that's that's a it's just a question of will anybody willing to take him if he's if his back is acting up, if that's a question. Yeah. You know, so it's a kind of a rental situation. Um so but yeah, even so, uh even assuming Burks uh Burks uh, Hood gets moved, um it's assuming they don't bring another wing back. Um, but even in that situation, I'm, I'm not high on Burks. I'm not, not willing to hold on to him too tightly. All right. So we're going to get out of here on that. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. And thanks for coming on, Tommy. Thanks. Later. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.